Welcome to the Histrionics Podcast, where I review a few pieces of history that aren't very well known or deserve a little more attention. Today I'm going to discuss the history of Halloween, which takes place on October 31st. October 31st, every year, Halloween, an observance dedicated to remembering the dead, including saints, also known as Hallows, martyrs, and all the departed. Halloween is thought to have roots in Christian beliefs and practices. The name Halloween comes from All Hallows' Eve, being the evening before the Christian holy days of All Hallows' Day, also known as All Saints' Day on November 1st, and All Souls' Day on November 2nd. Since the time of the early church, major feasts in Christianity, such as Christmas and Easter, had vigils that began the night before, as did the Feast of All Hallows. These three days are collectively called All Hallow Tide and are a time for honoring the saints and praying for recently departed souls who have yet to reach heaven. Commemorations of all saints and martyrs have been held by several churches on various dates. It was held on May 13th in 4th century Roman Edessa, and on May 13, 1609, Pope Boniface IV rededicated the Pantheon in Rome to St. Mary's and all martyrs. This was the date of Lumeria, an ancient Roman festival of the dead. Beginning in the 4th century, the Feast of All Hallows in the Western Christian Church commemorated Christian martyrs. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III founded an oratory in St. Peter's for the relics of the holy apostles of all saints, martyrs, and confessors. Some sources say it was dedicated on November 1st, while others say it was on Palm Sunday. By the year 800, there is evidence that churches in Ireland and Northumbria were holding a feast commemorating all saints on November 1st. In 835, it became the official date in the Frankish Empire. Some suggest this was due to Celtic influence, while others suggest it was a German idea. However, both of them commemorated the dead at the beginning of winter. They may have seen it as the most fitting time to do so, as it is a time of dying in nature. By the end of the 12th century, they had become holy days of obligation in Western Christianity and involved such traditions as ringing church bells for souls in purgatory. It was also customary for court officers dressed in black to parade the streets, ringing a bell of a mournful sound and calling on all good Christians to remember poor souls. The all hollowtide custom of baking and sharing soul cakes for all christened souls has been suggested as the origin of trick-or-treating. The custom dates back at least as far as the 15th century and was found in parts of England, Wales, Flanders, Bavaria, and Austria. Groups of poor people, often children, would go door to door during All Hollow Tide, collecting soul cakes in exchange for prayers for the dead, especially the souls of the giver's friends and relatives. This was called souling. Soul cakes were also offered for the souls themselves to eat, or the soulers would act as their representatives. As with the Lenten tradition of hot cross buns, Soul cakes were often marked with a cross, indicating they were baked as an act of charity. While souling, 
Christians would carry lanterns made of hollowed-out turnips, which could have originally represented the souls of the dead, but were also said to ward off evil spirits. On All Saints and All Souls Day during the 19th century, candles were lit in homes in Ireland, Flanders, Bavaria, and in Tyrol, where they were called soul lights, that served to guide the souls back to visit their homes on earth. In parts of rural England in the 18th and 19th century, Catholic families gathered on hills on the night of All Hallows Eve. One person held a bundle of burning straw on a pitchfork, while the rest knelt around them, praying for the souls of relatives and friends until the flames went out. Some suggested these Tyndall fires were originally lit to guide the poor souls back to earth. Throughout Ireland and Britain, special bonfires were lit for many divine rituals. Their flames, smoke, and ashes were deemed to have protective and cleansing powers. In some places, torches lit from the bonfire were carried around homes and fields to protect them. It is suggested the fires mimicked the sun and held back the decay and darkness of winter. They were also used to ward off evil spirits. In Scotland, these bonfires and games were banned by the church elders in some parishes. In Wales, bonfires were also lit to prevent the souls of the dead from falling to earth. Later, these bonfires were said to keep away the devil. The wearing of costumes has been linked to the belief in vengeful ghosts. It was traditionally believed that the souls of the departed wandered the earth until All Saints Day. In order to avoid being recognized by any soul that might be seeking vengeance, people would don masks or costumes. It is claimed that in the Middle Ages, churches that were too poor to display relics of martyred saints at All Hollow Tide let parishioners dress up as saints instead. Many Christians in mainland Europe, especially in France, believe that once a year on Halloween, the dead of the churchyards rose for one wild hideous carnival, known as the Dance Macabre, or the Dance of Death, which was often depicted in church decoration and urged Christians not to forget the end of all earthly things. The Dance of Death was sometimes enacted at village pageants, plays, and parties, with people dressing up as corpses from various groups of society, and this may be the origin of Halloween costume parties today. For some Protestants in Britain, the theology of All Hallows' Eve was redefined. They said souls cannot be journeying from purgatory on their way to heaven, as Catholics often believe and assert. Instead, the so-called ghosts are thought to be evil spirits. In parts of Italy until the 15th century, families left a meal out for ghosts of relatives before leaving for church services. 19th century churches in Italy presented theatrical reenactments from the lives of the saints using realistic wax figures. Parish priests went house to house asking for small gifts of food, which they shared among themselves throughout the night. In Spain, they continued to bake special pastries called Bones of the Holy and set them on graves. At cemeteries in Spain and France, as well as Latin America, priests lead special Christian processions and services during All Hollow Tide, after which people keep an all-night vigil. These religious practices continue to be observed in the present day. In 19th century San Sebastian, Spain, bodies of the poor were buried on All Hallows' Eve, All Saints' Day, and All Souls' Day. 
Today's Halloween customs are thought to have been influenced by folk customs and beliefs from Celtic-speaking countries, some of which are believed to have pagan roots. Jack Santino, a folklorist, said, Throughout Ireland, there was an uneasy truce existing between old Irish religions and customs and Christianity. Historian Nicholas Rogers notes that the origins of Halloween customs are typically linked to the Gaelic festival called Samhain, which marks the end of the harvest season and beginning of winter. Samhain was seen as a time when the boundary thinned between this world and the other world and spirits would come into the living world. The spirits were appeased to ensure the people and livestock survived the winter. Offerings of food and drink were left outside for them. The souls of the dead were also said to revisit their homes seeking hospitality. Places were set at the dinner table and by the fire to welcome them. The belief that the souls of the dead return home on one night of the year seems to have ancient origins and is found in many cultures. Throughout Ireland and Britain, the household festivities included divine rituals and games intended to foretell one's future, especially regarding death and marriage. Apples and nuts were often used, and customs included apple bobbing, nut roasting, mirror gazing, pouring egg whites into water, and dream interpretation. In Celtic mythology, apples were strongly associated with the other world and immortality. Hazelnuts were associated with divine wisdom. As mentioned, special bonfires were lit for these rituals to provide protection from the spirits. Several of the traditional activities from Ireland and Britain involved foretelling one's future partner or spouse. An apple would be peeled in one long strip, then the peel tossed over the shoulder. The peel is believed to land in the shape of the first letter of the future spouse's name. Two hazelnuts would be roasted near a fire, one named for the person roasting them and the other for the person they desire. If the nuts jump away from the heat, it is a bad sign, but if the nuts roast quietly, it foretells a good match. A salty oatmeal flatbread would be baked, the person would eat it, and then go to bed in silence without anything to drink. This is said to result in a dream in which their future spouse offers them a drink to quench their thirst. Unmarried women were told that if they sat in a darkened room and gazed into a mirror on Halloween night, the face of their future husband would appear in the mirror. However, if they were destined to die before marriage, a skull would appear. From at least the 16th century, the festival included acting out plays and trick-or-treating in Ireland, Scotland, the Isle of Man, and Wales. This involved people going house to house in costume or in disguise, usually reciting verses or songs in exchange for food. It may have originally been a tradition whereby people impersonated spirits or the souls of the dead and received offerings on their behalf, similar to souling. Impersonating these beings or wearing a disguise was also believed to provide protection from them. In parts of Southern Ireland, the geysers included a hobby horse. A man dressed as a white mare led youths house to house reciting verses, some of which had pagan overtones in exchange for food. If the household donated food, it could expect good fortune, and not doing so would bring misfortune. In Scotland, youths went from house to house with masked, painted, or blackened faces, often threatening to do mischief if they were not welcomed. 
It has been suggested that the faces were marked or blackened with ashes from the sacred bonfire. In parts of Wales, men dressed as witches. In the late 19th and early 20th century, young people in certain parts of Wales and Scotland also cross-dressed. Wearing costumes and playing pranks at Halloween spread to England in the 20th century. Pranksters used hollowed-out turnips as lanterns, often carved with grotesque faces. The lanterns were said to represent the spirits, or used to ward off evil spirits. They were common in parts of Ireland and the Scottish Highlands in the 19th century. In the 20th century, they spread to other parts of England and became generally known as jack-o'-lanterns. Almanacs of the late 18th and early 19th century give no indication that Halloween was widely celebrated in North America. It was not until after mass Irish and Scottish immigration in the 19th century that Halloween became a major holiday. Most American Halloween traditions were inherited from the Irish and Scots, although in certain parts of Louisiana, a nocturnal mass was said in cemeteries on Halloween night. Candles that had been blessed were placed on graves, and families sometimes spent the entire night at the graveside. Originally confined to immigrant communities, Halloween was gradually assimilated into mainstream society and celebrated coast to coast by people of all social, racial, and religious backgrounds by the early 20th century. Through American influence, these Halloween traditions spread to many countries by the late 20th and early 21st century, including to mainland Europe. Here's my take on Halloween. It's my favorite time of year next to Christmas. I enjoyed reading about all the creepy shit they used to do, but the modern approach is much better in my opinion. Everyone seems to get amped up for the holidays around Halloween. It's a fun, spooky time of year for the kids. They get to see ghosts and goblins, go to haunted houses, go trick-or-treating. And it's a magical time of year that can make a reserved woman dress up like a whore for just that one night. And there's a crisp in the air because the season is changing. And my son is Bowser this year and asked me to be Mario. And I've been making everyone uncomfortable for the last two weeks with my beautiful mustache. I'm really looking forward to going trick-or-treating tonight. Be safe out there. I'll see you next week. Hey, Bubba. Do you want to come over and watch the Halloween movie? Yeah, when are you guys doing that? Why don't you come over at one? Yeah, we have to watch. And you better watch come late. That gives me plenty of time to finish uh, 
finish the PCAST. Oh. I'm right. I'm right in the middle of the PCAST right now. Oh my god! <laughs> how, how many people listen to it? Mm, probably like five, ten. Are they all your family? <laughs> it's uh, Steve D and Matt. Oh. Okay, Dad. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs>